Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of WCM Fireside Chats. My name is Brian Cyril here with my dog who wants to be in the camera, as well as our regular <laughs> co-host, Mr. Ben Quiggle, uh, who's back after his month-long, six-month sabbatical <laughs> with Thailand or wherever the heck he went, uh, along with Dave Rodigan from the Canadian Camping and RV Council and Chris Doherty from Doherty. Doherty, dude, I'm the one yep. not pronouncing last names right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I read it because I had a I had a childhood kid who was a friend called Doc. His name was Doherty, so I just I wanted to. Mm -hmm. That's that. that's how they say it in Ireland. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from RV Enthusiast Magazine, we're going to let him introduce himself in a little bit. Uh, happy to be back with you here. As always, we are a podcast available on Google, uh, Spotify, all kinds of those places. Assuming that I remember to upload it, which I didn't do last week, and I don't think Quiggle knows that, but we'll now he does. So, um, <laughs> Well, really excited today. We're going to talk about RV design, RV life, some of the features in RVs, all those kinds of things. Uh, get into the nitty gritty of that with with Chris. Uh, I have a wish list, Chris, of things that like I want to buy an RV, but I need like there's deal breakers, right? Oh, uh, I can't but, wait to hear this. Yeah, so I've got some things that I I, just, I have to have in an RV before I can pull the trigger. Number one on my list is I need to have a gelato maker in the RV, uh, and let me tell you why. Because let me just play out a scenario for you, and then we can let you introduce yourself. Okay, so pretend that you're going camping at your favorite campground, right? And you want to go out to eat with a friend, and you do, and that friend buys you a really expensive gelato, and then you leave it in your hot car, and it goes away. And I just feel like you wouldn't have that problem if you had a gelato maker in your RV. So. Absolutely, and and you know what? Uh, that is a very doable thing. Uh, we have uh, I have a, a, a curry coffee maker uh, in in my rig, so uh, it's uh, you can if you have enough space in your kitchen for things like that, you can actually plug them right in. My sister and brother in law have a, a Montana fifth wheel that they're out full timing in, and their model actually has a coffee station, so you could uh, set up your gelato machine right on that if you wanted to. Right, in the world's problems. I've never, I've That's never it. actually That's had it. a gelato. What? I don't think I, I, don't think I have either. I, I've yeah. never had one. Like I'm I gonna see have to them. put it on my list now. <laughs> I don't even know what a gelato is. What is that? Like, oh boy, this is quickly gonna get out of control. We better just let Chris introduce himself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks a lot for having me on. Um, as they, uh, as uh, Brian said, I'm, my name is Chris Doherty. I'm the uh, technical director and one of the partners at the all-new RV Enthusiast Magazine. And uh, we're a group of uh, people that are have been in the RV industry and RV industry publishing and automotive publishing for uh, cumulatively over 100 years. And we uh, found ourselves in a position where we could start a new uh, online publication and community uh, that is focused on uh, how-to in the RV space. And it's something that in uh, the uh, more uh, uh, organized and professional uh, uh, publication services is, uh, was missing. And we felt that there was a need for it. And to provide really good, solid information, we have uh, a lot of experience again. We have a lot of industry friends and contacts that we can make sure people who come to RV enthusiasts are going to get the right information when they come to us. 
uh, and uh, be that real solid source of information to help support uh, RVing and uh, people going out with their rigs and enjoying them um, at your campgrounds and things like that. So that's what we do. Yeah, and I mean it's it's a wonderful magazine. Um, I'll put the link to the to the magazine in in your in the comments here. Um, but um, you know, I think originally when we had come up with the show for today, we were also going to try to get some luxury RV. There was a couple companies we had targeted for to get on the show that um, do some luxury stuff with RVs, add unique amenities, do some different custom things. Um, unfortunately, we were. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we weren't able to get any on. I mean, I contacted a bunch of them, and um, I don't know. Sometimes they would call me back, and sometimes they wouldn't. So, which happens a lot. So, unfortunately, you need to be but more aggressive, Ben. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I need to do. I need to just start flying around the country and do in-person meetings with all these people. So, I mean, um, like the people who get results from protesting, like, you handcuff yourself to their door. And <laughs> That's and, it. Um, <laughs> but we're but we're really excited to have or, Chris. Oh, go ahead. Or handy or or or, uh, uh, or steal their gelato and hold it for ransom. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, assuming they know what gelato is, which is apparently a thing. I didn't even know nobody knew what gelato was. But and I, 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 my guess, my guess would be you'd be hard pressed to find a gelato machine in one of the RV plants in uh, uh, in Michiana, but I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe there is. I mean, Crazy. all I know is it's apparently a huge crisis of people leaving their gelatos in cars and letting them melt. Mm. It's a yeah. thing. I didn't know until recently. <laughs> yeah. Don't leave your hand sanitizer in a hot car and don't leave your gelato in a hot car. <laughs> Life-saving <laughs> tips from this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to have Chris on because I know I've worked with Chris at, you know, he's come up uh, – RV open house, um, which is a big deal here in Elkhart, Indiana. Um, and, uh, you know, he, you just have so much knowledge. I think you've toured and, um, physically tested a ton of RVs. I mean, how many years have you been testing and, and working with RVs, I guess? Well, uh, a lot. So I kind of grew up with it. Um, you know, growing up, we had a motorhome. uh, got our first one when I was about three an old Winnebago, 73 Winnebago Chieftain, um, got that new. And uh, I've been kind of with RVing ever since. Um, I was a full-time RVer for 10 years. Uh, I, I uh, was a technician. And I, I real, that's really where I, I did a lot. And I had my own business on the side. I was in the fire service full-time. And so I was able to uh, have a side business and got really involved in the, uh, in the tech side. And had some great uh, uh, mentors like Gary Bunzer, unfortunately, who passed this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, exactly a year ago Saturday. And, uh, uh, you know, we're uh, uh, so I, I, I have been able to take all this and kind of move it into, uh, you know, the, the uh, journalism side and the, and the publication side. I started uh, uh, with Motorhome and Trail Life about four years ago and five years ago now. And so I had an awesome opportunity there to go out Mm -hmm. and test RVs. And so I had my hands on a lot of different rigs and I've owned a lot of rigs myself. Of course, being a technician, I service just about every kind of RV there is out there. Uh, But uh, it's been a a good learning experience for sure. Not to mention kind of fun. 
Yeah, I mean, so you've seen this metamorphosis of our, you know, what the RVs were like to what they are today. I know I was on a forum the other last week or the week before. I just glanced and saw a comment, and there are some park owners that are really nervous about how huge these fifth wheels are getting. It's just massive how big. I mean, I saw quite a few of them on the road when I went to the Grand Canyon here, and, you know, they, I mean, uh, how much bigger do you think these RVs are going to get? <laughs> It's interesting that you say that because, uh, you know, in in production now, uh, you know, you can get little little fifth wheels. So they have little things like scamps and, and that type of thing that are, you know, less than 20 feet or around 20 feet long, you know, something really, really tiny. Uh, but then you can get up into custom fifth wheels that are knocking on 50 feet. Um, Recreation yeah. by Design, I was looking at their site the other day uh, over the weekend just to... Uh, see what they were up to and uh they do custom uh rvs a lot of the rvs they do are custom for yeah. uh people who work on the road so uh you know concessionaires things like that and they've got uh i think they have a 47 foot uh fifth wheel model uh that they can custom build that's the the longest that they, that they go to but there's some other supersized ones continental coach was one um spacecraft you know they custom build it and you actually tow it with a tractor you know so um the it yeah there's there's some big stuff out there so i, I mean i want to hear more about the designs and stuff but i just want to real quickly Kara, you were a campground owner like what at what point does a, a massive rig like this make you nervous as an owner um i think it depends on several factors one of them being probably I guess I'll speak for myself. My in my own experience, um, for me, I, I kind of walked into a park that had existed since the early '80s, and so um, RVs were a lot smaller in those days. Um, mm -hmm. So it present a lot of challenges around expanding site sizes and you know completely replacing all of our electrical capabilities because we needed you know mm -hmm. 50 amp and not 15. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You know, it, things like calculating for turning radius inside of a campground, um, the the way that your roads are laid out and designed. I mean, the, there's a ton of factors that go into it um, from a both probably from a development standpoint, but also, you know, for those older parks that are struggling to keep up with these big and really fast changes. I think, you know, all of a sudden we saw this jump to, you know, the high 30 feet. <laughs> RVs and mm -hmm. then suddenly we're in the high 40s and now we're seeing RVs that are pushing 50 feet and have a deck expansion off the back so when they're fully extended they're you know they're 65 feet long and they have double wide slide outs like these RVs are massive so from a from a construction like fitting everybody in standpoint it's a it's a hurdle I think um and then, yeah, you you hear, have issues with, like, I had a couple of instances where I had gates and fences taken out because these things can be hard to maneuver. <laughs> um, those things are, are things to consider. Um, and, and then guest experience, too, right? It, it starts impacting things like where your trees are and, uh, you know, there's just kind of this snowball effect of, of stuff with the, the RV size impact. I think we're seeing newer developments really being conscious about uh, lots of space and um, 
strategically laying stuff out specific to you know easily parking an rv you know we're seeing mostly pull through sites and angled sites and things like that to, to mitigate that stuff but um yeah those older parks have a have a hurdle a bunch of hurdles facing them um in terms of construction and, and advancement and and how quickly it's changing is concerning when those projects are incredibly expensive incredibly expensive a conversion of 30 sites for me from 15 amp to 50 amp and and adding you know length and parking pad site size and all of those things was over dollars so it's not a small feat um but it's also number one it's a necessity because you know folks are buying these rvs and droves and number two you can typically charge some pretty great rates for a site like that once once it's installed so there's some long-term um, benefits for sure what i guess what's surprising for me too is um you know you see these people driving these rigs down the highway and I don't, you know, there's really no special license required. So like you have all these new RVers coming into the market and they're buying these huge fifth wheels and they're really not, you know, necessarily having any training. I think I saw a Facebook post of a new RVer who brought their first time they brought it to the campground and they actually ran into one of the campground buildings making a turn because um, mm -hmm. they underestimated the radius they would need. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of surprising too, um, it's, just the, the lack of training. <laughs> it, it really, I, here's a, here's a, a promise a short story. I had a gentleman and his wife show up at my park a couple of years, probably five years ago, in a brand new 52 foot new Mar uh, motorhome. He drove up from Pennsylvania. He was just shy of 80 years old. And when he drove into my park, he hit a, a column, a fence uh, post, a, a stone one, and scraped the entire side of his 52-foot motorhome. And then when he was pulling in through the park, he hit the office building. And then when he was pulling into his site, he actually um, ended up with a tire inside of a fire pit ring so he's hung up inside of the fire pit right like he cut across the site too tight anyway the whole thing ended up costing this gentleman not only many thousands of dollars in parts and and repairs but also because he was so far from his where his warranty spot was we had to help him partner with the dealership near us and get parts in and he ended up having to stay with us for eight weeks <laughs> he waited for his rv to be there. Um, so what you're saying is, is these bad drivers are lucrative for campground. <laughs> <laughs> Do you no. want to wreck your RV? We've yeah. got the spot for you. <laughs> no, I, I, what I'm saying is I think it's interesting that we can hand the keys to a 52 foot mm -hmm. to somebody who, who has a, a standard, you know, here where I live, a standard kind of class five driver's license and say, you know, have a nice time. Um, yeah, I, that happens a lot. I think it's interesting because like my dad and my brother both have delivery jobs and my dad drives a, a pretty small FedEx, 
you know, van. It's kind of like a smaller U-Haul moving van, moving truck. And he has to go through a federal inspection and DOT and everything. And he has all of those requirements and stuff, you know, to drive that. But then they hand the keys to a, a guy with a 50 foot fifth wheel and they don't even bat an eye. So I thought, I just think mm -hmm. that's interesting. So. Um, yeah. There are some states that are starting to to tighten up on that a little bit, and uh, you know it's uh, the uh, it, it just depends. I had an RV license in the state of New York when I was there because if you had an RV that was over twenty six thousand pounds, then you had to have the endorsement. But it was okay. there was no written test, you know, or, or physical or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, you just had to uh, go for a road test. Right. It's interesting but, um, what the push and yeah. pull is, though, with some of this stuff, right? Like you'll get the campground, the same campground owner who will complain about their building or their fire pit or something else being damaged will also complain that if you require a license, you're going to overregulate the industry. And so, what, like, what's the middle ground? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's it. It's it's that's a tough one. You know, it, it would impact RV sales. You know, if somebody somebody said, "Geez, I'm going to, I have to have a CDL uh, to drive an RV." Uh, well, mm -hmm. then you're going to have to have the physical and then you're going to be open to, you know, when you're on the road, you're going to have to stop at all the way stations. DOT can pull you over and do spot inspections and the fees are astronomical. Uh, so when you get into that whole um, uh, that whole chain of events, that whole that whole program, uh, it does it would make it really tough for for our viewers. So the middle ground is our dealerships. And we are seeing some of them do this, starting to do this stuff here in Canada, but they are providing training courses. They're doing mm -hmm. a three-day, you know, come out and learn how to back up your fifth wheel, you know, several different course options over a weekend or whatever. I do think that's the middle ground. I think including that as a as a perk in a sale is really smart. Um, and, I, and I think it would be lovely to see that more, uh, prevalent and taken up by consumers. Um, but I believe that's the middle ground personally. Yeah. And I, there are some great dealerships that do wonderful things. Um, I think there's one near me, Hallett, um, RV here in Michigan. They do some training programs, I believe. Um, and they offer that kind of stuff to, uh, new RV owners, um, which is great. So, um, helping them adjust. Lazy days. So. Yeah, Lazy Days has been doing that yeah. in in, uh, in in Sefner, Florida, for many many years. Um, I happen to know, and that's uh, it, you know, so that's a, it's a good good program to do. And a lot of uh, truck driving schools now are are starting to uh, get into that uh, space a little bit, from what I've heard. And so you can go and and get some training on how to drive your rig, you know, and they'll just help you learn how to do it. Yeah. They have the road courses and everything set up, and it's a good idea to do that. I think maybe the other, needs, oh, sorry, go ahead, Brian. Maybe there needs to be an incentive, though, for consumers, right? Like raise the sticker price 5% and give them 5% off if they take a training course before they buy it. Drive off <laughs> yeah. lot, right? or, well, their insurance does it. Yeah. Their insurance actually does, uh, will do that. Uh, a, lot okay. of, a lot of insurance companies will uh, uh, discount their insurance if they have professional dr uh, driver training. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's great. Um, I guess um, one of the other things I wanted to just talk about too was all the technology they're packing into these RVs now. Um, I mean, 
Chris, you could probably speak to that better than I can, but I mean, you go into some of these RVs and they have touch screens now that you can control the whole RV with. They've got the charging ports. They, um, you know, obviously they've, they've, they have the TVs, they have some other amenities that are technology packed. Um, mm -hmm. I guess, you know, what can, you know, <clears throat> it's kind of amazing how much technology they're getting in there, but I have a feeling that, you know, they're, they're looking for ways to add even more, I guess. Well, yeah. So if you go back, you know, 15, 20 years, uh, we would see some of the higher end technology in conversion coaches, right? So mm -hmm. I did, you know, some work on conversion coaches. I used to be, I used to do a lot of satellite work. And so I would see these things and they would have multiplexing systems, the savant system, things like that, that would automate uh, a coach. And then by via cellular, it could be connected back to the manufacturer for diagnostics and things like that. And that was really pushing uh, the limits of the technology. Of course, like with all things, uh, very advanced technology filters its way down. And so now even uh, uh, lower end uh, travel trailers can have multiplexing systems. You know, the in-command mm -hmm. light system is uh, designed for uh, smaller units. And, uh, and we've seen some of those out there. So yeah, absolutely. That, that kind of touchscreen technology and, and to uh, add to that, they also have a global connect option. So uh, the system is always connected to the internet and you can control your RV uh, from anywhere you have an internet connection. Yeah. Uh, and whether you want to or not is another, another issue, but theoretically you could check on, uh, if you have it in the park and you have the air on, your pets are there, you can be checking on them. It can even send you alerts if the power goes out or your air conditioner goes out. There's a lot of you know, uh, a functionality uh, that is tied into those kinds of systems. Um, and you're going to see, uh, so that, that kind of, that kind of tech absolutely mm. is, is mainstream now in the, in the space in uh, uh, connectivity. So being connected to the internet, uh, being able to work from your RV the last year during the pandemic, of course, we've seen a lot of movement in that uh, direction. And, so uh, RVs are being built with offices in them now. You know, there were a few before. There's even more now where they're converting, uh, you know, RV spaces to uh, workspaces. And toy haulers are very popular for that, for sure, uh, mm -hmm. because you do have that extra space in the back. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, there's, there's other opportunities. A lot of companies are building hardware uh, that can go in the RV and keep you connected uh, to the Internet. And whether it's uh, via cellular or using campground Wi-Fi, uh, you know, whatever the, the, the option, the best option is where you're uh, located. And uh, so those systems are just really, you know, taking hold and, you know, internet access via cellular is, is that, you know, the networks are all still growing. And with 5G, you've really got a pretty solid connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, fr from the campground owner's perspective i guess you know some of them are worried about you know all this new technology maybe sucking up more power um their pedestals things like that i guess is that concerns that you hear from you know do you he have you heard those concerns i guess in the past well in the past i have because they were getting bigger appliances so back when we had you know it was especially in the motorhome space and the larger fifth wheel space where you saw people with uh, you know, uh, 
the the bigger fridges, right? The the washer dryer, the dishwasher, uh, you know, and, and those kinds of things going into those units, and they're they're certainly there. On the flip side of that, uh, you now have RVs that are more efficient. So you have, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, appliances they're putting in residential and 12 volt DC refrigerators now, which are more power efficient. Uh, and they're putting in, uh, you know, uh, uh, energy saver appliances. It's all LED lighting. And then people are going solar in a big way. So a uh, solar uh, power system helps to keep the charge rate from the uh, inverter charger down. So that's actually saving power uh, in and of itself uh, for the, the campground. So I would say if you, over the last 20 years, you would probably see uh, some, uh, a tick down in the amount of power uh, that they're using. The air conditioners are more efficient now. Uh, they have electronic start systems, so you don't have the power surges uh, that you did before. Uh, and they draw less amps. So uh, I think there's been some efficiencies that have helped uh, you know, kind of neutralize that a little bit. Now, when you say solar, is there like actually systems that are built in for automatically having them on your roof and turning them on and positioning them and stuff like that yet? Or, well, not so much positioning. You can manually position solar panels if you want, but uh, the, the, there's solar's been in the RV space for a long time. However, uh, because of the popularity of it, now the higher tech, the, the better technology is coming into. Uh, the RV space. So a lot of people want to be able to boondock with their RVs or go off grid, uh, national parks, forest service, whatever uh, they're doing, they want to have that option. And uh, so they are equipping them with uh, solar arrays on the roof, uh, come down to inverter systems, uh, lithium battery systems are very popular now. Uh, because you get such a, a, a better uh, power source from them. They're easier to charge in the mo for the most part. Uh, will give you um, uh, better life uh, expectancy and you know basically more power per battery, uh, usable power per battery um, than uh, any of the other chemistries. So you're seeing a, a lot of that technology uh, show up too. And, and we're spending a lot of time with that at RV Enthusiast okay. as we go forward. I'd like to go boondocking, but I need like a couple amenities in my RV before I do that. Mm -hmm. so I'd like to see well, my RV, like, because I don't want to give up things. So I'm going to need a button in my RV that I can press that makes the thing transform into like a desert oasis. And my back <laughs> go on. And then I can sit there with the grass and maybe a couple animals and just like relax. And, and then I can just yep. pull it all back up, turns up to a living room, and I can go to sleep at night. It should have I, an arm that comes out of the uh, the compartment, the side compartment, with your gelato. Yeah. And uh, the, you know, you'd be right there in your you know zero gravity recliner, and you know, you'd be all set. You just you know. I mean, to be clear, I don't need the gelato maker. I just need that for friends because I would never leave my gelato in the car. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they have outside kitchens. See, that's a, a new thing. Griddles. That's a big one. You know, they, you talk about some of the. the the extra toys now, the Blackstone griddles are huge. Um, and now other companies like Suburban are making them for the OEs. Mm -hmm. And that's a great, I'll tell you what, when you start playing around cooking with one of those griddles, you're, you're, you're in a good place. Uh, they're, they're very, very good for, uh, uh, for RV cooking. It's just amazing. And people are just 
you know, absolutely marry those things. Uh, but, you know, you, you talk about beverage makers, that's fine. Different kinds of refrigerators, we we're talking about that. Uh, so uh, there have been 12 volt compressors for a long time, also called Danfoss compressors. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, because of cost and whatnot, they never really uh, made inroads into the RV space until, uh, you know, recent years. Now there's a number of manufacturers out there and people are putting them in in place of the, the standard RV um, uh, refrigerators. So really good stuff there. Um, kitchen appliances. You know, we've got appliances going in RVs now that'll rival anything that you've got in your home. Yep. Uh, con you know, convection systems, all kinds of different things. So a lot of stuff you can do. I, uh, I shared a, a pin uh, a picture of the Furon RV. Now I think Chris, you've seen this because it's been at RV shows. But um, this thing's pretty interesting. It's it's a concept vehicle. They had a hot tub on the roof. It's a big fifth wheel, and they also have a helicopter helipad on the roof too. They they showed it at RV. I think the last time I saw it was at the Louisville show. Boy, that was a couple years ago. Um, mm. But they have it at their factory in Elkhart, Indiana, too. Um, this is what I'm their, talking their about. Like, corporate offices. going to have flying so. taxis soon. So I'm going to need a way to like go up to my roof and get in there and get taken to the restaurant and wherever else I want to go. So, yeah, that's got to become standard. How many years away are we from that? Uh, well, hey, it, it, at least one exists, uh, you know. Um, you know, it, it, the thing about it is, it, you know, there's there's other projects that people have done for marketing purposes mm -hmm. and ultimate RVs and things like that. And they're always, you know, a lot of fun to look at uh, when you get, you know, you come back down uh, to earth a little bit. Uh, you realize that there's physics involved uh, with these <laughs> things, weight and uh, handling and, and uh, uh, you know, That's frames and steel and plastic and all kinds of things that, uh, you know, end up getting engineered. Uh, into these things. And uh, so we, we, we ground people a little bit at RV enthusiasts. We say there's a lot of things you can do with your RV, but you know, you need to stay within some uh, engineering parameters and that's a, that's kind of a big deal. You can't just boring, paint, paint the circle on the roof and Really I, you know, I, yeah, yeah. No, there's there's actually a framework in there. I've been through that rig. Uh, they they've done a lot to that to uh, to be able to uh, make that thing do what it does, and it's kind of fun. I mean, it's 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 interesting uh, for sure to see. But uh, is it something we're going to see in the mainstream? I don't think so. And and I can only imagine what the campground owners would say when someone's roof pops up and there's a helicopter on top and they turn it on and people's lawn chairs and their campfires and everything go flying all over the place, awnings ripped off and everything as the helicopter takes off in the middle of, you know, uh, Bob's RV park or whatever, it would be really bad. So consumer paid for their site. They should be able to do whatever they want. Reviews for campgrounds. This is the thing. No. Rule See, four, you can't have, you know, no patio mats. Rule number five, no helicopters. No helicopters. I mean, yeah. it, will be, it will be a thing. Some park owner will make, like, I guarantee you some park owner has, like, a 27-page thing of every little thing they've ever seen that is against the rules now. So they make people I will say on my rules list, I every, like, fifth rule or so was, like, fun and cool and just to make them laugh or whatever. So I could, I'd put no helicopters on my rules list. Just like, you know, had no, no pets over 300 pounds. 
allowed and things like that. Um, anyways, I was going to ask Chris, when, when you toured that RV, was there any other bells and whistles besides the helipad? Uh, yeah, so Furion has been big in bringing different technologies into the RV space um, and a lot of different appliances. The aforementioned uh, residential-style appliances are a big piece of what they do, uh, as well as audiovisual uh, equipment, and that's kind of how they cut their teeth in the in the RV space. So uh, stereo systems, television systems, things like that. Uh, so it had uh, a lot of tech in it. Yeah, I mean, what, so what good is the stereo system unless you can unfold the RV and have a party with your neighbors? Well, you can. See, that's the thing is, you know, you you uh, uh, have indoor and outdoor speakers. So, you know, they have, you know, uh, a subwoofer about this big. And, yeah. you know, it's, uh, in, you know, a bunch of other speakers. And it's guaranteed to make friends in the campground, you know, yeah, especially. Good concert speakers, though, that sit by the, like, that's what I need on my balcony. Well, that that could work. My neighbors. You can, I don't feel like well, it's you, your fault if you have the site on the other side of the campground from me. You should be able to enjoy my music too. I, I uh, think so. That's definitely, yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. Especially if it's you know, um, uh, you know, if, if you have a guitar like uh, uh, Michael J. Fox had in in uh, uh, Back to the Future, you know, it goes like this and it blows them backwards. You know, that's the kind yeah. of speaker you really want to have yeah, in the RV. Exactly. I mean, well, I, I I'm dating myself, anybody I who can't hear it. That's it. I, that's it. I hope and that they, all campground owners watching are just like mark screenshotting Brian's face right now. Yeah. <laughs> Check this stuff in. Don't do it. <laughs> Nothing but do not let him yeah. in your park. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, you know what you were saying about the sizes of RVs. You know that's really uh, a concern too in a lot of parks. And I know Bob Livingston, our publisher. Uh, is uh, considering a new unit, and his he owns a site in Palm Springs, and he's a little bit limited in the size of the RV he can put on there, and he needs an office space. I'll tell you what, he sits at his dinette all day, and anyone who's owned an RV knows that dinettes are not designed to sit at and work at all day, and uh, you know because of uh, you know posterior pain when you go to get up, for sure, and it's inconvenient. So he wants an office space. You know, he 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 really needs that. So uh, he's been looking at that, but you know what? That a lot of them have. You know, a toy hauler is going to have the door in the back. A lot of them have a door on the side that folds down into a patio. You know, which comes out over the site, plus, you know, all the slide outs on both sides. And, you know, I'm I'm guilty. I have a 40-foot Montana with six slides, um, an older one. Uh, so, you know, the you, you have to have, you know, room for that. And that's that's a, a big deal. I know some of the campground owners that I saw commenting um, on this post I was reading were mentioning that, you know, they don't allow fifth wheels. Now, I don't know if they have a size restriction on the fifth wheels or whether they just don't allow them, period. Um, but mm -hmm. I know that seems a little odd to me. But, uh, I um, you know, I don't own a campground, so I don't know. So. Yeah, I think well, it's limiting by certain type of RV, um, but I do 100% understand the limitations surrounding size specifically, mostly because of the things I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. damage to property, damage to your RV, um, inability to, you know, it might look like the site is big, but maybe the roadway is not 
angled properly to be able to back up an RV that's more than however many feet long there. Um, you know, there's there's limitations and I 100% had size limitations on several of my sites where I just, you can't fit, you don't fit there. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, if it's just angles and pulling in, like maybe you should have a crane to just lift it in and put it right down on the center. You got well, it, it comes back to helicopter. So you have a Chinook helicopter that can yeah. you know, lift it yes. overhead and then just lowers it down. <laughs> exactly. yeah, that would... My insurance company would, would have loved that strategy. <laughs> loved it. <laughs> I think, oh, wait a minute. You got to pick it back up again. We got to move it over six inches. Oh, it's not straight with a you know, fire pit. But no, it's, uh, uh, yeah. And size is, uh, you know, when it comes to RVs, when I do seminars and I talk to people about buying their first RV, you know, I said, when it comes to RVs, size matters. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. it does. It does for the living space. It does for what you're going to do with it, where you want to go with it. And, uh, you know, so one of the things I tell them is if you have a bucket list of places you want to stay with your RV, then mm -hmm. that's kind of the, the foundational, you know, that's one of the foundational things that you've got to check off mm -hmm. and say, okay, uh, I, I want to go in the California state parks. Well, uh, they have a 35 foot limit, you know, so I can't go in with a rig longer than 35 feet. Okay. So that takes anything over 35 feet off the tape. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but if you, you know, have yeah, an RV that shortened itself and adapted. And I think oh, it just has they, to be the whole physics thing. Like it's just an Einstein thing. Uh, yeah. It's very easy. <laughs> they have those, but they have them. That's the thing. Those actually I, exist. I want a 50 foot that converts to a 35 and then back to a, so I can go wherever I want. That's uh, yeah, they haven't come up with that one yet. They have that one though. That's that that tractor trailer driven one that the celebrities have that goes up to the second story. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a uh, is a I think it's a company out of California that makes them. Uh, I I don't remember the name of the company, but it, it's they've been on TV shows and stuff, and they had it at the Hershey Show one year. And uh, when we were at the Hershey Show at that point, Robert De Niro owned it. And so it had to have a screening room on the second story. And then of course, you know, all the stuff on the first story. And then that got sold to uh, some other celebrity. I saw it at another show and it, it kind of makes the, makes the rounds. The, it gets wiped out inside. They gut it and redesign it to whoever the new celebrity is. And off it goes for a while and comes back and gets ripped out again. Well, I mean, I think you need to have a two-story RV. I mean, if you're going to wake up in the morning and, like, go up and hit golf balls from the driving range, you've got to be high enough to get over the campground trees and stuff like that. So. I think you should have a roof deck on it. Really, you know, you put it, you have it up, and you can have, you know, um, AstroTurf up there. You'd be all set. And yeah. uh, you know, just uh, – you go to you just go to the other campground neighbors and you put the the target you know for the you know 200 feet 500 yeah. yards whatever you know and just I mean, say and yeah then, just to be, to be honest there should be buddy sites so you can play football with each other across the yeah i mean there's all kinds sure. of things that we just need to push this into the big, the big yeah. speakers up there so you can do it with music you know <laughs> yeah Play "We Are the Champions" while you're throwing the football. You know, because let's be, be honest, set. if you've got the if you've got the huge speakers right, and obviously everybody in the campground loves your music, so they're all going to be dancing <laughs> to the same thing you are. Uh, if you're not on the second floor, how do you crowd surf appropriately? Well, that's, a, that's another one. You know, I can tell the look for Kara. She's like, I don't know. 
every RV campground owner that I'm going to talk to now is going to be on my case about this. I can. <laughs> I can. Yeah. Well, they they got the park model RVs with the decks now, um, the upper story uh, decks um, with the ladders and stuff. So maybe they can translate that into an RV. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> the uh, are you seeing a lot of uh, uh, parks that are uh, getting those larger uh, park models? I don't know if I've seen any with decks, but I'm sure there's probably some that have. I'm, I'm not for sure. So we have um, a fabulous manufacturer up here in Canada, General Coach, um, and they're doing some pretty cool stuff with the uh, upper level. Um, whether it's enclosed or, or open uh, areas. So yeah, there's there's lots of cool stuff. I'm seeing, I, I actually I toured their facility a couple of years ago now. And they back even then had some cool, like double-sided fireplaces that were kind of in the indoor living area and open out to the uh, deck areas and things like that. So yeah, they're doing some really cool stuff for sure up here. I don't know about down there. But we have the some- RV- the rv industry is also kind of expanding like what they they they've been putting tvs outside of the units they you know the awnings they've been working on in this the outside storage areas and stuff so they've been doing some work on the rv industry in that front too yeah yeah they have and so uh and again the outside uh televisions aren't necessarily a new thing uh but uh you're seeing a lot more of them uh, they, with sound bars and things like that. Uh, the big change that you're seeing is instead of, uh, you know, they, they may include the connections for satellite TV and park cable and things like that, but the ability to stream content is a big piece of uh, what you're seeing. So the ability to install, say, an Apple TV or um, uh, a smart TV, you know, a lot of, there's RVs coming with smart TVs. Um because they're kind of expecting to be able to have that uh, uh, high-speed internet and the ability to stream content. Um, And you get into smaller RVs like the Winnebago Revel, and it doesn't have a TV, but it has RAM mounts all through it, and you can slide in the mounts for your tablets and things like that and plug them in all through the rig. So Mm -hmm. you're literally taking your entertainment device inside, outside, wherever you want, and you'll have a place to hook it up. What happens if Apple changes the size of the iPad next year, like they seem to do? It doesn't fit anymore. Then you have to buy a new mount. Like having to buy a, a new OtterBox case, you know. So uh, I have a, I have a. It's funny that you say that because I have a collection of OtterBox cases uh-huh. for my old iPhones, so that when I upgrade to a new iPhone, I have to go get another one. So yeah. I guess that's part of being in the, in the club. Yeah, I mean, when I was on, the, I was on the road starting a business in 2011, 12, 13, somewhere around. And I had, so I had mounts in my Jeep for the gadgets and my laptop and all that kind of stuff. So I had, I had OtterBox and life proof cases and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, okay, interesting. I, I want to apologize, but I have to sneak out. I, okay. I nearly apologize. I Liter- have- literally sneak out. Like, go, I mean, go ahead. We want to see you literally sneak out. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have important meetings coming up today. I, I hate to do this. I appreciate your time, Chris. It was so great to meet you. I will Good to meet you. Thank you. Really soon. Thanks, guys. I'll see you two next week. All right. Thanks, Care. I, um, on the RVs, they've been also adding 
more storage space, correct? Like they've been finding unique ways to add more under storage space and expanding the storage room, I guess. Yeah, they have been. So there's some new frame designs that a couple of manufacturers have out there, uh, which have managed to uh, expand uh, the amount of storage space. So uh, Winnebago is is one of them. Uh, and so it certainly helps uh, for, from a standpoint of getting some of the larger toys and things into the RV. They also have the pseudo garages. It's a You'll have a, uh, a, a two-level fifth wheel, for instance, uh, where you'll have the, the front and the back are in an upstairs level, and in the back is a large storage area that's designed for kayaks or bicycles or, or different things like that. So there's a number of different uh, uh, iterations of that. Uh, and I think computer-aided design has made a big difference in our industry from the standpoint of being able to build those things in. Now, having the storage... Uh, then we get back to the physics of, uh, you know, how much weight can you put in uh, the vehicle safely and tow it and, and whatnot. But uh, uh, again, some of those things, you know, kayak is, is relatively light uh, weight. So you just need, you know, a, a large amount of space to store it. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing all the different designs they have for an RV with, you know, the RV sizes. Um, you know, I guess... When does it become, they keep pushing innovation, I guess. Yeah, at some point you would think that they couldn't innovate anymore, I guess. No. <laughs> but they keep surprising you. Wait so, till 3D printing comes. And yeah. they can do all kinds of cool things you never imagined. Seriously, like they're going to be able to build structures at angles you never even thought of before. <laughs> so. Yep. This is a, 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 I hear more and more people buying RVs and motorhomes and stripping them down to recreate the interiors. Uh, well, you you can do, and I never knew you could do so much uh, uh, to them. Uh, the answer is yes, you absolutely can. Uh, there is a, a, a movement afoot, a lot of people buying older RVs and redoing them. Uh, again, uh, one of the things that I think is a big deal to mention in doing that is that you have to stay within those uh, uh, weight uh, limits and um you know, recently I was uh, I was up at a, a friend's shop and they were um, putting in some solar in a school bus conversion, right? Nice, you know, and, and the quality of the work that was done inside of it by the owner was great, except it was all half inch and three quarter inch plywood, heavy lumber, uh, yeah. all kinds of things. And so I, it wasn't even finished yet. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was probably knocking on its uh, GVWR. And uh, which wasn't listed anywhere in, in the rig anymore. Anyway, it was you know really old school bus, um, and so that's that's a concern. And that's you know again, like I said before, you have these ultimate RV projects which are really cool to look at, but uh, you need to you know make sure that it's going to be safe and functional and and work well. Uh, tiny homes, you know, there's it's a big movement out there. But uh, uh, you know, I remember a couple of years ago there was a lot of talk about what kind of safety regulations are in these things? Uh, because, you know, you, you're in a small space and if something unfortunately happens and, you know, I'm here in my house now, I could have a house fire right now and would need to get out. And the same thing happens in a vehicle or, you know, camper or anything else. Uh, that's life. So you need to have it uh, designed and built in such a way that you have, uh, you have escape routes, you have safety equipment, you have, uh, you know, you've put it together the right way to try to eliminate the chance of having electrical fires and things like that. That's why we have codes. 
And that's why, you know, we have uh, NFPA 1192 and NEC 551 for building RVs. And uh, uh, so, you know, you need to keep those things in mind also, that those are important points. Uh, and it's not as though there's any, poli- you know, there, there isn't the, you know, NFPA police that are going to come and, you know, knock right. on your door because you're renovating your RV, but it's for your own protection that you're familiar with those things and you do everything the right way. Couldn't we just yeah. have ejection seats? Like if anything goes wrong, it just pops out the roof of the RV. Right. A little rocket thing goes up and then, yeah, that, that would probably work. You could strap in, you know, have the uh, shoulder straps and everything. Sure. Yeah. Have a hand, have a Han system, you know, like the NASCAR racers do. So, you know, so you, if you, you roll the thing or whatever else. Do you think over time, like especially maybe during the pandemic, but in the last few years, do you think that the perception of the RV industry has changed from the stereotype that it used to be for so many years? No, oh, definitely. Of- yeah, and I mean, look, everything's a cycle. If you you go out, uh, you, you know, things, people's opinions change, and and all kinds of things change, and what is past is prologue, uh, as they say, and so. Uh, now RVs are a lot more efficient. Vehicles are efficient. People realize that when you are in an RV, your carbon footprint is a lot lower than you might have otherwise thought because, you know, it's not as though you're taking, if you, if you have a big RV, it's not as though you're driving it, you know, a 40 foot RV everywhere. Uh, but, uh, on the, on the other hand, you know, it is a small space and it's less to heat it and air condition it and, and less, you know, probably less water usage. And there's a lot of things about an RV that's a lot more efficient than living, uh, in a, in another type of building or getting on an airplane and flying somewhere. Uh, so, uh, you know, from, from the ecological standpoint, for sure, uh, I think it's improved. Uh, and people realize that it, there's so many good resources out there and uh, places that you can see. And now, of course, with this technology, you can work from just about anywhere. So I can go out in my RV today and I could be doing this with you and and actually running a, a magazine and yeah. not think twice about it. And so that all those things put together make the RV lifestyle uh, not only more uh, reachable, but uh, make it uh, more attractive to a lot of people. All right. So now that we've covered the important things, right? Let's. I, I want to. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll start doing this and make it a trend. Ben didn't see my video last last week that I had some footage of him. Uh, but anyway, so so here's what I'd like to do uh, with Ben's permission. Let's have a little bit of fun here. Uh, I have a little clip, and I want you to debunk this and tell me what's wrong with it when we're done. Okay, Chris? If there's anything wrong, because I've never owned an RV. Like I went camping when I was a kid, right? So I literally mm-hmm. found it in ten seconds. I've only watched half of this, so if it's offensive. To somebody at the end, and I apologize, but uh, it's the end of the show. We might as well have a little fun, right, Ben? We can do that. Can we do that? Yeah, yeah, All it's right. on you, Brian. <laughs> totally on you, Ben. Got it. Copy loud and clear. All right, here we go. Honey, I just heard the kids pull up. Oh, my babies! <laughs> and there they are. Kidding! This is definitely an RV. Yeah, yeah. They're also they're also similar. Mm-hmm. We found you by your license plate, ex banker. Yeah, ex banker, ex interior designer. Current RVers. <laughs> Hard to believe. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> Six months ago, 
I came home and I told your mom, I don't want to work anymore. And she said, okay. <laughs> and you were cool with that, mom? Oh, yeah. I love it. Really? It's so freeing to purge your possessions. You know, it just feels great. Yeah, I, I, love, I love it. She loves it. Yeah. <laughs> she loves it so much, I almost forgot whose idea it was. It was yours. <laughs> yeah, Dad, you really look like you're in your element. Oh, I sure am. Today I jogged butt naked around the lake. Yeah. Just socks and Crocs, real man stuff. <laughs> and uh, you're having fun, Mom? Oh, sure, yeah. I love it. Okay. Mom, can can you look at us when you say that? I love it. Okay, can you open your eyes when you say it? <laughs> I love it. I just love sitting back here. Oh, you don't sit up front? No, 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 no. That's where Lady Grey sits. Uh, who is Lady Grey? Well, the love of our life, our great Dane, Lady Grey. Okay, Lady Grey, Lady Grey, come on in here. Come on in here, Lady Grey. Good girl. Yeah. Lady Grace sits up front because she gets car sick back here. Oh, yeah, oh. and I get car sick too, but I love it. <laughs> hey, come here, Lady Grace. Hey, girl. Oh. Hi. Oh. Did you know that a dog can punch you? Oh. <laughs> uh, where does the dog sleep? Oh, in your mom's bed. Yeah, and I sleep here. <laughs> I'm sorry, where did you get a great date? Well, from our new RV friend, Jibs. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> you call me? Well, we said your name, so yes. You know, Jibs here showed us how to work the dump station. Huh. Uh, let's just say I'm well-versed. I show my little Robin egg here how to uh, fit the coupler hose from the RV dump tank to the uh, vice clamp and the community receptor tank. Yeah, well, your mom does that stuff. She's... She likes it. It's the only thing I really don't like. Yeah, I don't think Mom likes any of this. Yeah, Mom, you hate dogs. I love it. I, I don't think you do. Oh, she does love it, right, honey? Yeah, look I at love me. It. Come here. Look I at me. It. Look at me. I love it. Honey, look at me in the face. I love it. Honey, look. I love it. Look at me I in the it. face. Look at me in the eyes. This is hell. <laughs> You're awful. And I hate it. I couldn't hate it more. It's horrible. It's horrible. What are you trying to say? I don't love any of it. This is a bad time to tell y'all Lady Grey is pregnant. All right, so. <laughs> That's a huge dog. I don't know. That is a big dog. <laughs> So what are we? Is this RV life still, or have we evolved past this, or what are the misconceptions, right? <laughs> well, I imagine I think, there's probably some truth to that somewhere, somebody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, well, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, could be, could be. I think I think uh, you know people aren't necessarily quitting their jobs and getting an RV more like they're working in their RV from the road uh, you know finding different careers or or different things to do on the road 
Definitely um, in the past few years. I agree with that. Yeah. I will yeah, say no, that. Definitely. I will say that uh, I have seen some RVers with some huge dogs and more power mm -hmm. to them. I'm not a huge dog person. I have a smaller animal. And obviously, Brian has a smaller, smaller animal too. And I couldn't imagine living in an RV with a huge dog. But um, for some people, I guess it works. About five of them. So, yeah, I, I, I know gold. I know golden retriever owners, and uh, my old my old friends uh, uh, from uh, New York uh, had what they called the bears, and there were there were five uh, goldens that they would uh, bring up to the. They had a, a seasonal unit up there at a park model, but uh, the people we bought uh, our Montana from another nice couple uh, had bring all their dogs with them. Uh, in their RV. So they have a class A motorhome, plus they have a seasonal unit and now they have a smaller uh, B plus type, you know, small C type unit. So, uh, and they pack them all in there, head, head for the road. So, and it's Good really, way. it's really great that the camping industry has really, um, you know, started to see this and really adjusted. I mean, there are some park owners that don't want um, pets for various reasons or, you know, they're, uh, it's a little bit uh, different, but, um, you know, like a lot of KOAs and a lot of different parks are really expanding their, their dog and pet areas and finding ways to mm -hmm. um, allow these RVers to bring, you know, five dogs. I just can't imagine living in an RV yeah. or traveling in an RV with that many pets, but um, more power to them. So, nope. I, uh, in my uh, service business, I used to uh, cover the, the Eastern States Exposition here in West Springfield, and they would have dog shows there throughout the year, horse shows, other livestock, but the dog shows were a big thing. And I had a lot of them as customers and uh, they would buy RVs that had bunks and dinettes, whatever, yep. they'd rip all that out uh, and build in the dog crates, you know, and the wow. grooming station and things like that. And uh, yeah. It's a kennel, you know, Whoa. it's a mobile kennel. It honestly yeah, I, like wouldn't make a good, a bad business idea for somebody to have a rig like that and travel the parks and service like dogs who were staying at the park, like grooming them and offering. Them I, think, oh, I think there, there are people yeah. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. There are they have um, the whole thing built like a really nice dog wash inside their RV and all that kind of stuff. Like, well, the, they sure. have, van they have vans and stuff that'll do that now. Um, custom vans where, um, dog groomers can bring like, um, bath areas and different grooming tools, um, in a van. So, um, definitely services like that, um, that campgrounds can partner with. So, mm -hmm. um, really neat. So, but, um, I, uh, it's just, uh, amazing. I think the RVing lifestyle is just, you know, people are really wanting to get out and the COVID stuff really, um, kind of <clears throat> brought that to the forefront of everyone's attention. I think they realized, Hey, I need to find more time to get out. And, um, you know, I can't obviously say very much from the, from the KOA report that comes out on Wednesday, but I mean, I think people are going to be surprised at some of the numbers. So it's just incredible what's going on. So. Yeah. Um, but, um, yep. Very uh, interesting stuff. Else? What do what? you got, Ben? You got a list of I questions? Think, I, th I think we're pretty much done at this point. I mean, I think we had a really good <laughs> conversation with Chris. Um, Chris, you have a wealth of knowledge, and uh, it was just great to catch up with you. It's been, what has Thank it you. been? I think the last time I saw you was at the RV Open House in 2019. So I think it was. It'll. I don't. I imagine you're coming to the Open House this year, so it'll be two Indeed. years. So, um, it was great to catch up with you 
and yeah, just good to catch up with brain. you all. So yeah, it's a great seeing you, Ben and uh, uh, Brian. Great meeting you, and uh, you guys are doing a great job at WCM, and it's always nice to uh, to interface with you. Yeah, and uh, thanks for being able to take Brian's scenario so well. Sometimes he shocks people. So <laughs> gotta keep you know, it interesting. Yep, that's it. Keep that's it, it. You got to do it. So yep. So it, <laughs> but I think we had a really good conversation, and uh, campground owners are really going to benefit from this. So, um, but it was great talking with you, Chris, and it was great seeing you, Brian. And uh, hope everyone has a good week. So, all right, you too. Thank Take you. care. Everybody. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Come on.